Today is Sunday, March 5th already, 2023, and Ani we're alive and kicking. It's, uh, I don't know, I caught a cold on Thursday, and Yomo tells me a lot of people colds are making the rounds, and my wife just asked me, how are you doing? I said, Baruch Hashem, we will manage. Now, uh, a world that I want to do today, and... Um, First of all, uh, let me just make a statement. Let me take a few minutes. Uh, Rabbi Grinshin has asked me, other people have asked me, how do we balance out democracy and Judaism? And uh, I don't want to be misunderstood. I saw when I spoke out against chametz uh, in hospitals, uh, I couldn't believe it. People think I'm talking halachically. If I can call to Rabbi Ruchen Gerelik, you don't have to tell me that a person can look at Chametz all day, seven days of Pesach, and as long as it's not his Chametz, he's not over. He's no sin. No Balyarod, Balyamotzei. Uh, no, what I'm talking about is not Halacha. What I'm talking about is we want a Jewish democratic state. In order to have the Jewish democratic state, all of us have to make compromises, myself included. I'll tell you in a minute my compromise. When I talk about Judaism, it doesn't mean halachically. Halachically, you can have buses running on Shabbos, Druze bus drivers. You can have stores open on Shabbos, Bedouins are selling, and uh, anyone who wants can go shopping, can go on a bus. Uh, no, that is not a Jewish state. A Jewish state means that in the public thoroughfare there's Shabbat, Kashrut, uh, Tarat Mishpacha, with all that that implies. And the Chometz, Chometz to me is one of the big symbols because I know what went on in Russia. And um, we have to make a statement that uh, our hospitals are owned by us. Uh, we pay the bill. We pay our taxes, and we want the hospitals to become its free. Now, it doesn't mean, in my humble opinion, we don't have to search. We just have to have signs up, please respect the fact that this is a Jewish state and a Jewish hospital, and there are religious people who are patients as well, and please refrain from bringing comets into the hospital. Um, that's a proper statement. Buses on Shabbos... Now, you'll say, ah, uh, oh, that's terrible for the North Tel Aviv crowd, as uh, they have been called so many times now in the ongoing uh, controversy over the reform of the Supreme Court, etc. And you'll say, yes, if they want to leave, you know, they say, we're going to leave. Because in the hate, uh, it's a free choice. Th this is a compromise required to live in a Jewish state. You have freedom of choice. You can do what you want. You can eat chaser on, on Yom Kippur. Uh, you can eat all the chomets you want on Pesach. But that's in your private house. We're not here to... I, I don't believe forcing anyone to observe religion is going to achieve anything. But on the public thoroughfare, we have to understand Zionism is a result of 2,000 years of Jews praying Zionism is a result of our dedication, devotion. 
our only right to the land. You see what's going on, the Europeans, the uh, Hawawa, and uh, no one gives a hoot that uh, two families lost two sons, each family. It's beyond comprehension. Beyond comprehension. By the way, I have a connection to both families. When you live here for 53 years already, every tragedy, I remember with the Mekasarav tragedy, I had a connection to five, I think eight were killed, and five of them I had a connection, including one who had davened at my Marav Minyan, Matroy Shabbos, right before the tragedy. So yes, now, to water down religion so that people shouldn't feel threatened, that accomplishes nothing. Anyone involved in outreach will tell you that watering down religion doesn't attract. What attracts is the Vah Hashem, in the full sense of the word, spirituality, greatness, a feeling the blood in my veins. I do not live in the present only. I had a past, I have a future. That attracts, but they have to make compromises. Now, I have to tell you the same thing. From my point of view, I'm very upset by democracy that allows protests, uh, mass demonstrations, my humble opinion, this is against the halacha and against any decency to your fellow man. I can't get out of my street. I had to be tense all last Wednesday. It probably wore my health down and it explains why I caught a bug because I didn't know how I'm going to get home. My street already was closed at 5 a.m. I had to go out backwards. In Torah, we have a concept. Anyone who's learned Shas and Paiskim, Chayshin, Mishpat, Borerut, Chova. How do you say that in English? Compulsory arbitration. I once gave a talk in Machon. Years ago, I spoke. Uh, people asked me to speak outside of the Kola. I just don't have the energy today. I apologize. I, it's a Yetzirah for me to speak about the Rav. But... Uh, I'm not up to it physically. 85 is 85, and I have to live with reality. And I remember I gave a talk at Mahon Lev, and oh, was there excitement. One individual, Rabbi Pam, you've heard of Rabbi Avram Pam, his brother published the heart of my talk in paid ads, paid for ads, in all the Israeli newspapers in Hebrew. Borerut Chova, how much harnik it will spare us. You're having a fight over the, the, the judges, don't demonstrate. Don't hurt people. Don't stop people from going to work. Don't stop people from getting to the airport. Haredim demonstrate against the draft, but went on with the, the, the criminals of the, of the yeshiva world where, where people suffered heart attacks as a result. I know Haredim couldn't get back to America. They missed the wedding. They said, well, we will never be part of the Haredi world. They, I don't want anyone to join me in my world because of such reasons. I want you to join me because you say, ah, Rakefit's world has it right. Fine, then you can join. But uh, they were furious. Uh, Shmuel Orbach's followers. You sit down and, and you reach at the conclusion. You put together top minds. This is Koshin Mishpat. All right, but we don't have this democracy. Everyone is saying the right to demonstrate, the right to close down highways, the right to stop buses from running, etc., etc. I don't believe in it, but I have I lived. This is a democracy. Could be I'll look around the world, see if there's a state where they'll have borrowed Chova, then I'll have to face the question, should I move to Tanzania because they have borrowed Chova?
I'm willing to guarantee you I'll choose to remain in Israel because, all right, that's a chisarin, but there are many other good reasons for remaining here. So this is what I believe in. Excuse me one second. I have a cold, so I will have to use handkerchiefs today. But this is what I believe in. And we need a Jewish democratic state or a democratic Jewish state. This is the Constitution. This is, the I should say, the Declaration of Independence. And I believe in it with all my heart. We, uh, you tell me halacha, being a Jewish state will solve many halachic problems. But I don't want to use the term halacha. I'll tell you why. Uh, the world does not know what halacha means. And when uh, Smutridge... Uh, who's made some statements that he could use an American rabbi, a seasoned American rabbi, to filter his public statements. There's a way to do it with good public relations. But when he used the state, the statement, the halachic state, a few years ago, someone I've been davening with for ages, I, I taught together with his uncle, it's a fine Eurasian, Mayim Talmud Chacham, from a German rabbinic family. <coughs> so he goes back to Germany... Uh, must be two months a year. Uh, first of all, he teaches in the universities there. Secondly, I believe there's family property that he has to look after. So Yitzchak showed me a German newspaper where they explained what it means, a halachic state. And in, in German, which I can get through, I, I once knew German very well, but all right, I, I know it enough that I can understand most of what is written <laughs> they're saying a halachic state means they'll stone anyone who's mechalo Shabbos. And they quote the Torah word by word. And all right, go and explain to a guy what's a Torah Shabbat and a Torah Shabbat and the Sugis in Makot and Sanhedrin and a Baton that executes one in 70 years, one in seven years, etc., etc. Now, a Jewish state says it better for the time being. Could be when 99% of the people here will be Shemit Torah Mitzvot, then we can say a halachic state. But I'm very happy to live with a democratic Jewish state within the guidelines that I've mentioned. Okay, now, you also want to mention, um, uh, Rabbi Grinstein sent me an article. I can't believe this to be true, but uh, it's a big problem in America with the Hasidic schools uh, not teaching core curriculum. They're getting money from the government, and the government has a right to uh, demand that a kid should go to school, should at least speak English well, read English, mathematics, I mean, the basic uh, core curriculum which we speak about here. Um, so here there's an article, and you know, there's a big battle going on right now, and uh, all the Haredi schools, using a popular term Haredi, came together in New York, and it turned out that the two schools that didn't have any secular subjects whatsoever were Chabad. And everyone was flabbergasted, Chabad, their people are so well integrated. And they said, well, the Rebbe told us not to have any secular subjects. I have to tell you frankly, I don't believe it. I've never met a Chabadnik who doesn't know English. I don't say their English is on the level of someone who graduated Yeshiva College, but they know English, they know mathematics, they're very successful, very personable, etc. But anything is possible. 
you have to find the modus vivenda. And and alpi halacha, it's very simple. The core curriculum is an absolute obligation. The Gemarin Shkedushin Daf Chavtet Av Chayavlo Lamedlev No Umanut. The Gemara says if you don't teach him Umanut, you teach him Lishtanut. He'll be an illegal person to rob to support himself. Shem Yerachem. It's uh, an open, open Gemara. But I can understand they're worried if the state starts interfering. They'll require that they teach that homosexuality is normative and men can marry men and women can marry women and it's the end of the world. God is not going to let a world like that continue indefinitely as we saw from Corona, as we see from Corona. Uh, it's very frightening. So you have to work it out with the politicians in America. But I, I can't believe what I'm reading that Chabad does not teach anything. But again, anything is possible and the Rebbe was a very complex individual. If you came to him with, uh, you're finishing your master's, should you go for a doctorate? Many times the Rebbe would tell you to go for a doctorate. On the other hand, someone who is a chassid from birth, and uh, no, you don't need secular education. And I remember I had a student in Michala Machal, that post-high school year, and she was totally gung-ho, Eretz uh, Yisrael HaShlema, and she writes to the Rebbe, what should I do next? And the Rebbe writes, Beit Yaakov Kadima. I saw the letter with my own eyes. That girl fit into Beit Yaakov like I fit into a Chinese school for wrestling. Uh, I don't know what happened to her. But that's the Rebbe. Uh, Beit Yaakov Kadima, in your ballpark, a girl, a Hasidish girl. What are you thinking of Stern College or anything like that? All right. Gnug, let's get back to Torah Tashem Tamima. <coughs> now, um, with, with the mikvot being located in bad neighborhoods, Jeff Francis, Rabbi Francis, writes from Atlanta, Georgia, I can verify Rabbi Grunstein's mother's narrative regarding the mikvah in Far Rockaway. As late as 1987, when my wife and I were married and lived in Far Rockaway, many women who had to go during the week would go to the Woodmere mikvah in neighboring Nassau County. This was primarily due to the deteriorating neighborhood conditions where the original Far Rockaway mikvah was located. Women would report poor lighting, neighborhood men playing cards in the immediate area, drug deals, and relatively run-down conditions of the facility. Indeed, many women would be forced to postpone their Lel Tvilah when it fell on Shabbat Ayantav because of the perceived danger walking back and forth. And uh, what uh, you just heard, it's exactly South Philly when we got there in 1961, and that was the one mikvah for everyone in the greater Philadelphia area. Now, regarding the Stei that we quoted extensively on the question of men dyeing their beards, um, I appreciate a communication from Hasidish uh, uh, Shaluach, um, Rabbi Feinland, who checked it out with the librarian who I know quite well, Rabbi Shalom Bed Levin, he's the chief librarian 
at 770, and uh, he told him that the, pre, that the sixth Rebbe felt it was a vital work for surviving rabbis in Europe and beyond, trying to paskin Shilas without access to the proper resources, and thus wanted it reprinted. And uh, there was also a question of the copyright, and it seems the copyright belonged to a Chabad Chassid in Warsaw, and reprinting it was also a way to memorialize him as well. His name was Zalman Schmutkin, because he was murdered by the Nazis in 1942. And uh, the previous Rebbe was involved in having it reprinted, having it available right after World War II. And he asked that the people in New York do an index. And the, the index was led by the seventh Rebbe, assisted extensively by the Rebbe's secretary, Rabbi Label Groner. So that, that explains uh, exactly what Steichemet was about and why Chabad has a special attachment, a special feeling for the Steichemet. Now, today she is very important and you'll see I'm going to quote Rav Meisha Feinstein soon, but let me come to the end of the Chiva. We, we're, in the, we're finishing off Reb Menashe Klein, Mishnah Halachat, Chelek Tet, Siman Kuf Tzadi Aleph. And uh, this is a Shaila from Tel's Yeshiva in Cleveland. They're in the suburb, and uh, it becomes very difficult to go to Mikvah in Cleveland at night, changing neighborhood, the distance, can they go in a group? And uh, this is where Rabbi Nasha Klein speaks about the whole question of Sniot, not making a muhuma, all the reasons that a woman should go quietly. And uh, he's quite not happy with going in a group, publicizing it, having a, a lady in charge. Again, I don't want to use the word. I used the word, I, uh, I should apologize. A yenta. It's not a yenta, but nevertheless, when she's in charge and people are calling her, so she knows this one is going and that one is going and they have to make carpools. And it, what, what's done quietly becomes inevitably public knowledge. So he's not happy about it. At the end of the tshuva, he gets involved in a whole discussion on going by day. And here's the Gemara Nida, Stav Samach Zayin, Ahmed Bet. Fascinating little Gemara. Omarav Nida Ben Bismana, Ben Shalob Bismana, Enetovelet Ela Balaila, Mishum. And what does this mean? That, all right, a woman can be going to Mikveh at the end of 12 days, five days of Re'iyatam, seven Shivanikiyam, that's Bismana. For the sake of argument, uh, 
the man was out of town, she didn't go, he comes back three days later, so she's going shalobismana, she's going three days after she could have gone originally. In either case, she cannot go by day. Why can't she go by day? Because her daughter will make a mistake. The daughter, and it's interesting, Chazal understand that a woman is particularly close to a daughter, particularly in Nunim of Nida, Tarat Mishpacha, and the girl will know her mother is going to mikvah by day, and she'll believe that you can go on the seventh day before sunset, before nightfall. And if that's the case, you don't have Shivanakim, you don't have a complete seven days, so you don't go at all, because even if you're going on the eighth day, the ninth day, the tenth day, but your daughters will not understand. And this is the Gemara. So right away you can ask an interesting Shaila. I'll give you the source in a minute, but you can ask an interesting Shaila. Wait a minute, what if she doesn't have daughters? You know, in life, I, I only have daughters. Uh, I have two daughters that only have sons. Um, we were just talking, a name came up, uh, for reasons, uh, a name came up that brought back memories. It was a classmate of my son-in-law, Machon Lev, many years ago. And he also has five sons, just like my son-in-law and daughter have five sons. So you see, there are no daughters. So Slach Bitar shouldn't exist. But already the Achronim say, low plug, we can't have halacha that varies from family to family. In other words, this family has daughters, this family doesn't have daughters, that is not halacha. Once Chazal worried Slach Bita, it means in any and all cases, the woman cannot go to mikvah by day. Okay. Now, taking a drop further, Atkin Rav Idi Benarish Lemitbal Biyoma the Timya Mishum Ayarat. What is this talking about? Here, right before your eyes, in various cities, you have instances where the rabbis instituted that women should go to mikvah by Day. Why? And look at all these reasons. One reason, lions. What does it mean, lions? I would interpret it very simply, hazards in the street. Could be lions, wild animals, boars, come up, whatever what you wish. But it's dangerous. Uh, perhaps during the war, they fight by day. Bombs, missiles, guns. That's one reason. Another reason, 
Mishum thieves. What does it mean? A dangerous neighborhood. It's exactly what the Far Rockaway is being described and South Philadelphia is being described. I don't say lions walk the street, but uh, dangerous neighborhoods. I don't know if you recall, there was a psak of Rabbi Emanuel Rackman that a Jew going to shul on Shabbos should keep a $20 bill in his hat, in the brim of his hat. Why? They were holdups all the time. Maybe he was talking about Far Rockaway, where he was rabbi, Sharei Tefillah. Neighborhood changing. Hopes, if you give them $20, at least they won't beat you up. If you give them nothing, they can beat you up. Anything is possible. So, thieves. Another reason. Uh, then, because of the cold. I need not tell you. It's cold that night. Some areas, Vic is sitting here and he's dreaming about the house he gave up in South Florida. The home he gave up in South Florida. All right. By day it's warmer than by night. Even in winters in Jerusalem, even in Moscow, Montreal, warmer by day than by night. And another story where they go by day because of the gatekeepers, that, that word abuliyah, it's uh, it, it, many different interpretations. What does it mean, the gatekeepers? You'll see, Rashi, you'll see. One, one shot is very simple, that the gatekeepers were non-Jews who were promiscuous. And at night there were gatekeepers who opened the gates, closed the gates, they could rape the women. Another shot is that at night it's dangerous. There's not, no lighting. And the woman is walking along, she can fall, she can hurt herself. So there too, go by day when you're able to walk safely. A third shot is very simple. That the gatekeepers lock the gates at night so the woman goes to mikvah and she can't get back. So you have so many different reasons. But what do you see from here? Halacha lemaisa, that you can go by day if there are reasons. Look into the tour. I'm quoting from your Adaya Kuftsadi Zion, Hilchat Subdivision Dalid. I believe this must be an edited uh, tour because they're subdivisions. Vahechi the Iga Ones Kigon Sheyira Litvol Belaila Machmatsina O Pachat Ganadan Ukayesibo O Shesogrim Shaha Heir Yecholalit Vol Beshmini Bima Old Yom. And there you have it, that when there's an onus, you can go by day. Now, looking to the Shulchan Aruch, not the Torah, Yoridea Kuftsa di Zion, Halacha Dalit, states exactly the words of the Torah, 
word by word that when there's an onus, we can be mate going to mikvah daylight on the eighth morning. Look into the pitchay tshuva. What do you mean an onus? Lechaura nira the lo mahani onus ilim ha onus lechol hanashim beir. You see, again, you don't want to have a halacha that's split up. Yes here, no here. Doesn't work that way. Low plug. What is onus? Not just for my wife as an individual. For all the women. The women are afraid of this neighborhood. The gates will be locked. The temperature by night is 10 degrees below zero uh, centigrade. Uh, centigrade, is that good? Or f- do we have to say Fahrenheit? Fahrenheit is better. 10 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Then it's a general rule. What do you do if you have a woman who's afraid to walk at night? Her feet don't work so well. Other women walk, no problem. She's afraid she'll trip. There already it's a more difficult shaila because it's an onus of an individual. And the minute you get involved with individuals, you have the halacha low plug. All right, I'm not paskiming the halacha. It could be we can find the heta, but... I mean, you can. I'll tell you what the heter would be based upon. That if any woman who can't walk, for her, it's dangerous to go to mikveh at night. So if she's one of the women that can't walk, could be by day, we could be matir. It's easy for her. She can walk. She goes with a halichon, with a walker. She sees. But these are the halachic frameworks. Very fascinating. And again, as I said, and Rashi says it, it applies to all women. Whether you have only daughters, no daughters, srach bita, a general universal rule. Okay, Natan, you come to the end of the tshuva and here he tells Rabbi Nash, Rabbi, uh, he tells Rabbi Schoenstein, he tells the Rosh Hashiva, and he tells him very simply, I'm not happy permitting carpools. You don't have to agree with me, but I think in your situation, you probably are better off permitting the women to go individually on the eighth day in the morning. Not to do it with publicity. Everyone will know about it. People will gossip. It's not right. And he ends off the chiva like all of us dream.
And it would be better if in Wycliffe you could build the proper mikvah. That's exactly what happened in Philadelphia. Logan was a better neighborhood. As I told you, I still remember in 61 the dedication of the Logan mikvah. I remember the activist, it was a Dr. Askovitz, was a Yirat Tzaddik, an ophthalmologist. He was one of the leaders. There was a Rabbi Burak who later goes to Toronto, if I'm not mistaken. And what neighborhoods change today, where I was the second rabbi, Lower Marian Synagogue, I understand that there you have one of the finest mikvahs in the United States. So neighbors change, Halavai, I'm sure in Wycliffe they have a mikvah today. I don't know Far Rockaway, but I'm sure Lawrence adjacent to Far Rockaway, Cedarhurst, if they don't have a proper mikvah, I want a refund. Because you're not talking about poor people. You follow me, Vic? And boy, they should have a mikvah lekavad ulatiferet. And that's the tshuva. But I want to go one step further. And I uh, want to thank my Talmud Chaim Lindenbaum. He connected me with Rav Meisham. And uh, what happened was that uh, after Rav Meisham died, I have the first volume. The Talmud of mine, Steve Gross, gave it to me. I don't have the other volumes. Uh, it's written up by Rav Meisham's grandson, Torah about Pierre that they heard from Rev Moshe. <coughs> okay. So I'm quoting from Mesorat Moshe. Let's see if I have... Uh, I, I believe this is... Let me just see. I believe it's volume three from Mesorat Moshe. Yeah. Echel Siman 188 and a footnote to 188. And uh, here we have to deal with the reality. And uh, this is Reb Meisha. This was, if you knew Reb Meisha, you were dealing with not a malach. You were dealing with a human being. He lived in this world. I mean, what the Gedolim I know, even the Baron Cutler, the Rav, they lived in this world. That's what made them the To be a godl and pelts and live in, in a world that's not real doesn't help others. They lived in a real world. And I think there's a, a very important principle here. Lonitna Torah Lamalche Hasharet. We're only human beings. There's a limit to what we can do. We're obligated to observe Tarat Mishpacha. How do you keep it a total secret? And I'll tell you what happened to me. My wife and I always joke about this until today. It happened many decades ago. You all know I was a Rebbe. I was a, <laughs> someone just did research. When I meet him, I'm going to correct him. Someone did research a very nice piece of research it was published by Barilan or will be published by Barilan shortly on 1935 Tel Aviv electing the Rev chief rabbi of Tel Aviv who the candidates were the Rev lost how it impacted upon him the rest of his life etc a very nice interesting piece of research 
But one of the candidates was Rabbi Yitzhak Rubinstein. Rabbi Yitzhak Rubinstein. Uh, Natan, you hear the name, you don't know who I'm talking about. Uh, you're lacking. Rakafaral and Chelek Bet will open your eyes, okay? He was the official chief rabbi of Vilna. Rabbi Chaim Moise did not have a high school degree. And his Russian, whatever the formal language was, Polish was lacking. Rabbi Rubinstein had a high school degree. He was a gymnasium graduate, a Slobodka graduate. So there was a lot of machoik that I wrote. I wrote a whole postdoctorate research, and it was uh, in Hebrew. It's one of the few things I wrote in Hebrew on the machoik and what went on there. Anyway, Rabbi Rubinstein was saved, got out in time, came to America, and the research of writing for Barilan, Abiyara Kohen writes, he was appointed the Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshiva University. In YU, I was appointed a Rosh Yeshiva in 1962 by Rav Shmuel Belkin. All it means is, in modern Hebrew, a Ram, a Resh Metifta. A guy named Rakefet jokes around and says in YU, they call everyone a Rosh Yeshiva, so there shouldn't be any kin of a sinner. But it doesn't mean you're the Rosh Yeshiva. And why you technically, the, the, the Rosh Yeshiva is the president. Rabbi Ari Berman is the Rosh Yeshiva. Uh, Rabbi Norman Lamb was the Rosh Yeshiva. Uh, Rabbi Sh Rabbi Shmuel Belkin was the Rosh Yeshiva. My cousin Rabbi Dove Rebel was the Rosh Yeshiva. But it means he was appointed a Ram. And he writes that he wound up in New York at NYU and he was appointed Rosh Yeshiva's Rabbeinu Yitzchak Hanan, a rum in Yeshiva's Rabbeinu Yitzchak El Hanan. Now, uh, Reb Meisha, we, we are only humans. There's a limit what we can do. We're Chayav in Tarat Mishpacha. Fine. I taught in YU. One day, whenever I could, I took the bus. I traveled for an hour and a half, took a bus in and took the train uptown. Why? Because I was young. I could carry. I carried Svarim. I learned every minute. When I didn't have to rush back. When I had to rush back, I came early by car, davened at the yeshiva, and then rushed out after my shir, after mincha. So one time I get on the bus, forget what it was, a 407, the bus to Maplewood, and I bought flowers in Port Authority. Big bouquet. I get on the bus, and there's Rabbi Shalom Gordon, the Chabad rabbi on my other side, I had a Chabad rabbi on my right, Chabad rabbi on my left, Shmuel Pesach Milkomilski, Rabbi Shalom Dov Gordon, and he's sitting there with a big bouquet of flowers. And he says to me, Rabarin, I won't snitch on you, don't snitch on me. Later that night, my wife comes back from Mecca and I say, Benny Chance, did you meet Robertson Gordon there? And she says, how did you know? Yeah. How did you know? But we're only human beings. What was I supposed to do? Throw the flowers out of the window of the bus? 
Yoma would have popped up next to the bus and taken the flowers. That's what would have happened back in 1962, 63. Vic were only humans. And you see, it has to be within human context. And I'm now quoting from Mesorat Moshe, Chelek Gimel, subdivision Kufpei Chet. Rabbi Naiman asked Reb Moshe, Eith yin hangu ishvi ishad sirim, sheyesh lechem yeladim ktanim, v'chalel tefilah liishah b'leel Shabbat, u'mishum sakonet hadarachim tzarech habal lalechet imi ha'ishah levet ha'tfilah. V'yitztarech levakesh shachein lishma hayelatim. V'ashachein meivin shemevakshim kach machmat shelze leel tfilata. Ha'im ze nechshav kisaron b'tzniyut shebishvilo kedai lechakot at matzai shabbat the Rav Moshe Heshiv, Heshiv Rabbeinu, She'ein tzarich lachakot ahaloch hitzniach koma sheyachol, v'yim yavin hashachin miyatspon, ein bezek pteida, tahaloch beklalim darim bevayet ishat sira, yavinu kulam, shaholechat lefamim lemikvah. And here, see, this is Reb Moshe, the Shiloh is interesting. The man has to go with his wife. She can't walk alone. The neighborhood is not good. They have to get a babysitter. The babysitter will understand right away that this couple had to go Lel Shabbat to Mikvah. Is it a lack of tzniyas? Maybe wait till Saturday night. And Reb Moshe Paskins... This is normal life. We're not angels. You're doing whatever you can. You're not going out of your way to make a muhumah, a, a commotion, he said, is the best interpretation. The words of the Ramah, a muhumah. She'll understand, she'll understand. People go to mikvah. People are young. People use a mikvah. I have a Talmud who's remarrying, and uh, I'll remind him. His wife, who's long past menopause at her age, but still, when you remarry, you go to mikvah the first time. It's the reason why, just once, that's it. And and this is life. This is halacha. There's a limit. What you can do. We're not angels. We're basavadam. Uh, now, yeah. Okay. Okay. Here, Reb Moshe in in Kuvtsadi Gimel, it's it's a footnote at the bottom of the page, and uh, uh, women who go to mikvah Friday night don't put on makeup. Generally speaking, if a woman goes to mikvah. She'll go with makeup and take it off when she prepares the chafifah, as we explained a week ago. And here, a woman goes Friday night, and people see she's walking through the street, and they understand already that uh, 
she doesn't have makeup on, she's going to make because there's a limit what you can do the Hafifa and Friday night because of the Shabbat prohibitions. It's Pirsum Tzat Sher Holechet Litvol what should she do? And here too, Rabbi Moshe says, has to do what a human being can do. She can't do anymore. These are the halacha. She's not obligated to go to a different mikvah, not to meet people she knows. Olam kamin and this is exactly Rabbi Moshe. This is exactly Sniyot. Yomo said something that I think has speak about this. When they go to Mitzvah the first time, they make a hingad. Uh, I saw this with my own eyes. The taxis pull up. Twelve, sixteen women jump out. Cousins, sisters, aunts, parents, grandmother. And well, this is a real muhuma. But you know, it has very positive results. A Dr. Mizrach, as we've said, and as every survey shows, more women go to mikvah than a makpidah in Hilchat Shabbat at Hasof. I know one woman, uh, uh, she, she once said to us, but the Shabbat is lacking. I remember that. That's a woman, uh, she, she was a maitre d' in a restaurant that we used to try to eat at once a week. Uh, I told you the person who did our carpentry, life goes to Mexico. So he almost said that, look, everyone knows this girl is getting married. In order to get married, you have to go to mikvah. So they do it in a way that there is a muhumah for the women, but it has a positive result. Could be, could be this. There's good sense behind it, what you're saying. Yeah? Yeah, I understand what you're saying, that, uh, that there's no sense of hiding it because, and, and they're not menavul pair. It's not like, hakoyodim lama, lama ha isha holechet lamikvah, and if you open your mouth, it's nibble pair. Uh, so, sniot, but we live in a real world. And finally, I wonder, I want to end off this chivel, although we're going to go mayinin linyanbi oto, and I'm going to show you something I did a little research, and it goes way beyond the chivel. I'm, uh, I'm proud of what I came up with, what I understand. But hold on. Yomu sent me something else. And uh, here, I don't know, this is evidently from uh, Double Blessings, Mitzvah Tarat HaMishpacha, Mikvah Organization. So I don't know if I personally would have passed me this way, I have to be honest. But listen to this. Um, my sister called me Erev Pesach. Anxiously she told me she had a big problem. I have to go to Mikvah the first Seder. How am I supposed to do that? We have to go to Ima's house, a house filled with guests. 
You know, right away, I have to tell you, this also came up in discussion in my home on Shabbat. People, are, I remember the Rav was asked, we have in, have in our minds, you're going to make a quiet Seder? David, a quiet Seder? Thick? Family. A mob scene. A Seder. Tell me, I'll pee then. I, I always, I, one grandson always complained that was his father, and he was right, his father said it was too long. His father goes all night. And I know right, one son of Chacham, he goes all night. And, and, and his son Binya, my, my dear Binya, uh, always complained. I said, Binya, one day you and I are going to make a Seder together according to the Rambam. I guarantee you it'll take 20 minutes longer than a Lail Shabbat meal. That's all. 20 minutes, that's it. Look at the Rambam. You'll see in the Mishnah Torah where he has the Seder. You'll see what I'm talking about. So uh, we can be able to say everything, but a Seder, the rubber's one's asked, uh, you can hear this on tape, a number of times in the 70s, the Rav spoke for the social workers from Wurzweiler. And the Rav was asked, Seder night, can you arrange <coughs> to have a person driven from a senior citizen's home to a family Seder? For them to stay alone to make a private little Seder, Pikuach Nefesh. That's the rubber's ass to shine. They can't walk. But you can arrange with a cab. They'll pick them up. They'll take them. I mean, it's probably not Jews who are doing it, I would think. And, and can you? By the way, the Rav didn't answer the Shaila. It's interesting. You can listen to the tape. There's no answer. But uh, uh, what can I do? I can't be Matif, a little Shabbos, a little Yantif. But the Shaila is interesting. So here, they're going to Ima's house, a house filled with guests. They will all see me with no makeup. Uh, they'll all see me coming later. How can I do it? Can I not wait until Cholomoed? Okay? And my sister asked me for my approval and agreement. However, true to my own strong conviction that mikvah immersion should not be delayed, I told her she must do it. She must immerse on time. And the sister was insistent. Finally, she listened. She went. She gets to the mix. It's a whole story here. The whole hot water system is broken. They're ready to close the mikvah. There's another lady comes in. Her hair is not covered. I think she's wearing pants. And she says, so what if it's broken? Let's jump in. They jump in. Freezing water. They go home. And... Uh, Nine months later, the first lady has a daughter and the other lady has identical twins, like a double portion for herself, and but she got the other lady to go to mikvah. Natan, I'm not certain I would paskin that way. I can, could you imagine this poor girl has to go to a family mikvah, uh, no makeup, exhausted from a face, uh, 40 minute walk, coming back from the mikvah. 
I don't know why they would have paskin. I'm inclined to think, all right, these are extenuating circumstances. Relax to Chalamayid. But the problems are problems galore. Where do we draw the line? Where does Sniyat end? Where can we say, Adkan, we can't do more than this? Lo Mahuma, we try to avoid. But at times, Einbreira. And this is the Shaila, this is the Chiva. Halacha Lamaisa, he paskin go on the eighth day. It's an onus for everybody. All the women are in the same boat. Don't make it public knowledge. Listen to me, raise funds, and build a mikvah in Wycliffe, Ohio. And this may very well be how the mikvah came to be. One second, I think I skipped here. Gotta find where the hair is. Okay. Now, an hour ago I delivered a mini paper on why I believe in a democratic and Jewish state and how I define it. David, uh, world war is being fought over the Supreme Court right now. Uh, on Wednesday, i be honest with you, walking to shul, the mob scenes were engulfing my neighborhood. I didn't see one kippah, not one Sfardi running to demonstrate. Police were all over. So I walked up the steps opposite Oloran, and the police are there, and I wished them well. I told them the shul is shortly going to be open, their bathrooms inside, they're welcome to use the shul's facilities. They were very thankful. And then I said, I want to ask you a question that I won't ask anyone on the street for fear they'll okay, uh, slap in the face. I said, who chooses the judges in the Supreme Court in the United States? And they didn't know. And I told them, the president, and it has to be approved by the Senate. Vic, is there anything more political than that? Now, uh, if you heard last night, uh, our Minister of Transportation, Mary Regev, spoke out last night. And uh, she spoke very well. By the way, she's quite a lady. This is a Moroccan lady who became a... Tata Luth in the IDF. I mean, we got to give credit. She became uh, a Tata Luth, a, a lieutenant general, a, a brigadier general, I think they translate it. She's quite a lady. She married Shabbat. I don't know how much of a Lamdanit she is, but she has Sephardic blood in her and Sephardic tradition. So she spoke very well that the people represent the country. They are the ultimate authorities. And this is absolutely true. You cannot paskin a Shiloh without knowing who you are dealing with, what the circumstances are. 
I have said this a thousand times, and let me say it a thousand and one. If you've learned your Adeya, Hepsid Meluba, Erev Shabbat, Erev Yantav, Mishum Archim, someone who's poor, someone who's wealthy. And you have to understand Halacha. In Dinim the Rabbanim, all this plays a factor. Mishum and a posik, you have to know. I, that's why I'm so hesitant. I get Shilas, uh, Yomo can testify. They want my opinion. I, so I answer, but I always say, I feel very uneasy answering a question going on in a community that I've never been at, never visited. I don't know the people involved. You have to know. Same thing with judges. How can you have judges who don't understand the pulse of the people they're dealing with. And you're going to see this will come up in Israel time and again. A simple example, uh, the draft. How do you exempt Labriyut Yeshiva boys from the draft? How do you exempt them? From the point of view of democracy, what? I pay taxes and my neighbor doesn't? From the point of view of Judaism, Milchemet Mitzvah, the Gemara in Saika, the Daf Memdalit, Memchei, the Rambam Periksayan, Hilchat Malachem, even a Chatan Vakala have to go. Natanis Bishanari Shona, Milchemet Mitzvah works out, Yina's life are off. Wow. Let me tell you, any Supreme Court that's going to rule, take every Yeshiva boy and draft them, they're idiots, because you've got to know the reality. You can't draft 40,000 youngsters and force them into the army if they don't want to go. You have to have, understand what's going on. And this is why it's very important that the public, the populace, should have a say who the judges are. In America, they have a very good system. In addition, many judges are elected. Could you imagine? You, you go for election. Judges stand. New York... Uh, uh, the, the Hasidic woman is now in the New York Supreme Court. She was elected. Rachel Fry, if I'm pronouncing her name correctly. Why am I telling you all this? Because this tshuva, you're going to see, if not today, the next time we meet, that Ramanasha Klein doesn't understand what's going on and who is asking the question. And at the end of the tshuva, you'll see he makes quite a mistake because he doesn't realize who, what. Now, uh, let me tell you what made me look it up. Do a little research. Mishnah Halachat, Chelet Tetzayin, Siman Nun Bet. I repeat, Chelet Tetzayin, Siman Nun Bet. And this shiva is from 2003 to someone named Avraham Kaban. And he refers to him Hanagid, and the Gid is an expression of wealthy Balabas, Hanagid. When Vuk was president of a shul, he's called Hanagid Chaim. You follow me, Vic? But if you're a rabbi, 
Malatu Kvaldo Harab. He has both titles there, and he has Slicha from Avraham Kabban. He says, I don't know who you are, so I don't know how to title you. Now, what caught my attention, where's the Shiloh from? Harbor Island, Florida. No, Vic, you lived in Florida. Have you heard of Harbor, uh, Harbor Island? Yes. Where is it? Well, I can't hear. Okay, so never heard of Harbor Island. I know uh, Boynton Beach, Boca Raton, Hollywood, etc. I what, what is this? What, particularly when I saw the end of the chuffa. So I went to Wikipedia. Harbor Island is an island neighborhood within the city limits of Tampa, Florida. As Vic said, it's on the other side, the coast, but it's not next to South Florida. It's on the other side. All right? And it seems within Tampa, they have a number of such islands. This Harbor Island is a wealthy neighborhood. People live there. It's exclusive. So I went to see if there were any shuls on Harbor Island. And I come up. The Shul Club of Harbor Islands. Rabbi and Mrs. Issa David Silverman. Chabad of South Boward. Hallandale, Florida. Hallandale, Florida is on the other side. That's next to Hollywood. Then I come up the Shoe Club of Harbor Islands. Chabad mentioned the Shoe Club of Harbor Islands brings together the families and neighbors of our community for services and events that spiritually enhance the physical beauty and tranquility of our surroundings. Here everyone can feel part of a large, warm, welcoming and vibrant family. Among our activities we have Shabbat services with Kiddush lunches, Jewish holiday services and events, high holiday services, Hanukkah children's services, ladies classes, hospital visitation, Hebrew reading classes, classes, occasionally hot topic lectures and social evenings, Shabbatonim, and weekend events with world-class speakers. All our activities are open to the community. Well, I hope someone can fill me in listening. What I derive from all this, there are very few from Jews in Harbor islands. There are no temples, no shoes. The Chabad rabbis from Hollandale got involved. I don't know what happens in his shoe. Maybe his son takes over, his brother takes over. He goes to Harbor Island, Shabbos, organizes events. Notice it's not called the shoe. The shoe club of Harbor Islands. What do you see from this? This is outreach. Trying to get them in. Trying to get them interested. Trying to attract them.
notice the food. You'll see why I'm stressing this next week. The food. Very important. I've been to the Hamptons. My Talmud Rabbi Mark Schneier, everyone says only Mark could have done what he did. Built an Orthodox shul in the Hamptons. You should see from May on when it gets warmer and the people flock there. They put up tremendous tents on either side of the shoe. You have Shabbos morning. 700, 800 people. A mechitza. All right, it's... In Lawrence today, they wouldn't like that mechitza. But it's a mechitza. It's nice, flowers, good, beautiful. There's already a breakaway and a... a, a Fumishul in the Hamptons. After davening, what a kiddush. Hashtia kedat ein ones. First grade, catered, everything. It attracts. It attracts. The last time I was in the Hamptons, the assistant rabbi was my student from the Kolel, a real Constantine. Later, I visited him in Tel Aviv. He has a shoe there, the international shoe, right off for Hove Gordon. Friday night, staircases, white, beautiful rugs, rise le cabelle, the queen, the Sabbath queen. After davening, Friday night, not just Shabbos. What a kiddish. What a meal. It attracts. So you see, by checking out Harbor Island, by seeing the shoe club, by seeing Chabad involved, wow. Now I know where this question is coming from. Rabbi Nasser Klein doesn't cop it. You'll see. All right. Now the question, as I said, he begins, First things first, David, I've called your attention to this before, that in the Haredi world, or semi-Haredi world, the titles of a person, very important. The world I come from, you ever seen my Rebbe stationery? Yosef Dov Halevi Salavechik, Ten Hancock Road, Boston, Massachusetts, etc. No, no titles, no titles. But, all right, this is a difference. I once was rebuked. I, I remember uh, I was 77 and I was involved. 78, it should have been 78. And uh, they were interviewing me because they choose you. I was teaching, and and the guy said, "Why didn't you tell me you're a rabbi, doctor, etc.?" You know, why is that important? What's important is what we're doing, not the titles. But fascinating. Now, and and he says to him, uh, "You tell me a Talmud Chacham, paskin the Shaila for you." And this is what he told you, and he said in my name that it's all right, and, and you'll see the shaykh in a minute. Um, what's going on here? 
says, first of all, if anyone tells you something orally in my name, don't believe it unless you see it in one of my svarim, unless you see it written. Because a lot of times people repeat the Omru Bishmi Mashame Olam Lo Omati. And they say to him that what was the Shiler involved? That the women go to mikvah and the mikvah is right adjacent to the shul. In other words, whatever they have in Harbor Island, a plot of land that Chabad bought or the Jewish community, there they have a mikvah. In that same area, there's a kolel learning, which also I would appreciate getting a description exactly what this means. Could be the Chabad Rav set up a kolel. There was money there, it's financed. And the people learning in the kolel see the women going to mikvah. Now, when he says a kolel, it could also be it's adult education. It could not be it's a kolel on a tremendous level, but it's adult education for the people in this community. And someone in the kolel felt a, a, a funny feeling. It's too much publicity. You see the women going to mikvah. It's not right. And someone quoted that Menashe Klein that that's the mikvah, that's its location. You can't help it. More important, the women should go to mikvah. Avol ha mikvah hu bevet ha medresh Wow. Women are going to mikvah. Women are coming into the building. The same entrance to the classes that are being given is exactly the same entrance to the mikvah. Same entrance. And he describes when they're davening in the base medrash, a woman will come into the base medrash and ask, where is the mikvah? And I told you, I can testify in Oel Aaron. No, not all are an old Yosef or Yatamar. The shul has two different names. It's the reason why it has two different names, but it's not for now. The mikvah's right next door. I can tell you people with it, we would that we had a minion on the outside. There really was some sneer stickers. Now there's no minion on the outside. Women would come and ask us, where is the mikvah? So it's exactly what he's describing here. Va'kol lo'inisha, va'kol yodim lo'ma, va'alma, ba'in. 
everyone knows why she's coming, why she's here. And in this harbor island, it's not a massive place, it's an island within Tampa, Kulam Makerim Every Jew knows every other Jew, particularly the Jews that are going to be involved in the Shul Club of Harbor Island. Anashim Vinashim Vetaf. And shouldn't it be Betsniat? How can you have it this way that every man will see Eshet Chavero Holechet Lemikvah? This is the way you want to do mikvah? And this is the question that he has. Now, there's something else here in the Chippa. Those people who encourage it say, no, this helps the cause of mikvah because people see the women going and a man can say to his wife, take a look. Your friend married to the judge. Your friend married to this high-ranking IBM expert. She goes to Mikvah. You should go too and be proud of it. And you see what you're touching upon here is part of our outreach today and you have to go back 60, 70 years following World War II what was the attitude of so many people Shabbat, Kashrut, Tarat Mishpacha it's old fashioned European greenhorns immigrants makis they had terms for them Anyone modern religion is outdated. Yomo, I had this when I got back from my first trip to Russia. So we met some of the famous refusenikim who were already living in Israel. I don't want to mention the name. I remember a family, famous refusenikim. And I remember the lady said to me, I quote, Rabbi Rakefet, you are such a modern, up-to-date person. How can you believe in the foolishness of religion? End quote. But think for a minute what we're talking about here. And this is a woman who was my seret nefesh for Zionism and Jewish identity in Russia. How do you reach out to these people? And you see, what one of the great achievements, you take Chabad. Chabad is a steamroller when it comes to publicity. They would tell you, this professor, that professor, Jacques Lifshitz, artist, sculpture, sculpture, he sits in front of the Rebbe. Branova, Beersheva, Russia, geniuses, science. Wow. They sit in front of the Rebbe. You can sit. It's not old-fashioned. It's not for small minds. And the rub time and again, you know, as the rub would say, going back to the 30s, the 40s, perhaps even the 50s, 
He says soon enough he would say to the rabbis, you'll be addressing a congregation where everyone has a bachelor's degree. You have to teach on a level. Bachelor's degree. Today everyone has a doctorate. What's a bachelor's degree? My, I see my own grandchildren. <laughs> Doctorates, masters, wholesale. Wow. Got to teach on a level. And, and you see, psychologically, I can understand these people who say, let them see which women go to mikvah. If she can go, well, there's something to it. It's more than a bathtub, more than a shower. Remember what we went through in the 30s, the 40s? Why do we need mikvah? We have showers, jacuzzis, our own homes. You, you should know that there was a Rabbi Miller, Rabbi David Miller. You've heard the name, we're going back a hundred years. He was a Slobodka graduate. He lived in uh, Oakland, Oakland, right? That's right next to San Francisco. Had a big furniture, was very successful. He spent a fortune of money making two books available free of charge. I have them. All you had to do was write to him. One book on Shabbat and one book on Tarat Mishpachat. And he came up with plans how to build the mikveh in your house. How to build the mikveh, how to bring in the water, how to build it in your house. People were ashamed shower, mikvah, you have a shower, work it out, you'll have a kosher mikvah in your house. It's not good. A mikvah has to be public, has to have a mikvah lady, has to be built properly, etc., etc. But this is the shaila that Reb Menashe Klein is getting. And I can understand the people who are asking he doesn't fully comprehend the circumstances. You'll see why at the very end of the Tshufa. All right, so this is the Shiloh. Basically, he quotes all the sins we quoted in the first Shiloh he got. The whole problem of not making a commotion, the question of Tzniyot, of Ayin Hara, Things like this don't have your neighbor breathing down your back. Uh, uh, again, here where I have to admit, maybe I'm, I'm too from. I just had to deal with something this morning, and Yomo knows that I mentioned two people who are viewed as too from. One was a was a real tzaddik, and one was your humble servant who's far from too from, but all right, some people may think it. Uh, hear her, that men know another woman going to mikvah, he's going to think about that woman from a sexual point of view, Rabbi Menashe Klein, the Gemara, we spoke about this. Hear her, and, and, and he, chas Khalila to... Bima Fasein, all these stories. We have to go to mikvah quietly. We have to go to mikvah 
without commotion, he quotes the Gemara that I quoted to you last week, Hakal Yodim Lama Kala Nichneset Lechupa, but Kol Hamenavil Piv, you get seven years of bad Muslim from Hakadish Baruch. I want to end off the class. Rabbi Klein is troubled. He's not, cannot say, keep it totally quiet. And he tells the following story that's quoted in the name of the Ramah. And it's a fascinating story. Here in the Tshuva you have it on page Kufchet. Rabbi Grunstein sent me the same story but it has a slightly different version. But I want to quote the one that Rabbi Menashe Klein quotes. And it's a fascinating story that uh, when he came to Krakow, there was a minhag that uh, a lady went to mikveh. The mikveh lady took care of her. And the next morning at Minyan, the mikveh lady's husband would tell the shamish which men's wives went to mikveh the night before. And the shamas would go over to the man, Masaltov, I have raised gegang in a mikveh nechten. Your wife went to mikveh last night, yesterday. Gave him Masaltov. What does it mean a Masaltov? Maybe she conceived. You know, that's the opportune moment for conceiving in most normative circumstances. David underlined the word normative. You understand what I shall as I've gotten in my life? Well, but normative circumstances. Hey, wait a minute. Is this Tsanua? Is this modest? The mikveh lady tells her husband who was in mikveh that night, and he tells the shamas, and the shamas goes over to the balabas and says, Mazel tov. The Ramah was agitated, angry, and he abolished it. It's not Sanua. People don't have to know. What are you giving a Mazel for? Doesn't this remind you of the story I told you with the uh, bungalow colony? Remember I told it 50 years ago too, I don't know, that People knew this lady's going to mikveh. They would sing Oji Shomer outside the house. Disgusting. Total lack of sneers. Rama abolished it. Okay. He abolished it. And what happened? A lady went to the mikveh. This is Krakow. This is Poland. It's extremely cold. They didn't have all the modern facilities. It's not like Yerushalayim, where I described the mikveh last week in Katamon. State of the art. Like a Hollywood movie. 
Wow. This lady was afraid to go into the cold water. So she heard that the Ramar abolished and they no longer tell the Shamis who went to Mikvah, he can't give a muscle tough. So she decided not to go to Mikvah. It was too cold. She didn't tell her husband. And her husband, a month went by, two months went by, three months. He asked the Shamas, how come you don't give me a muscle tough? He said, oh, the rabbi abolished it. But by the way, your wife hasn't gone to Mikvah in about three months. I thought she's pregnant. It turned out that this giving a muscle tough to the husband was a check on the women going. And when the Ramah abolished it, he opened the door to miscreant behavior. Yomo, what a story. Two versions. Here it says, and even though this happened, David, Sneat is more important. And he didn't bring back the original Minhag. Another version that I have is the Ramah saw he made a mistake and brought back the original Minhag. Natan, how well read are you in modern trans literature? When people leave Satma, they leave with a vengeance. It's sad. So one of the ladies that left, I think she wrote the book called Unorthodox. Read her book. She writes that her husband thought she was going to mikvah. She was sitting in the car and reading a novel. God have mercy. If you can't trust your wife, you have a problem. And this description is classic. So you see, once again, you're caught in the quagmire. Maybe we do have to have a check and balance system. Maybe a little commotion is good. And and I, I can tell you, I can understand. This lady was afraid to make for his cult. I, I know, I knew uh, why you must make He wasn't the tzaddik hadar. Far from it. He's no longer alive. Quite a, quite a bit older than I, I, I am. If he'd be alive today, probably be over a hundred. And uh, he was in the rabbinate. And he was in a community where far from a mikvah. His wife stopped going to mikvah. Like I remember talking with him year, decades ago. But you see, a woman, a man, who checks, who cares? Conservatox temples, uh, you know, it's not uh, very fascinating. So this Shiler is real. And think what I'm saying. People see the, oh, 
Professor Janowski's wife went to Mikvah. Mr. Big Shot, the multimillionaire who pays for our events, his wife goes to Mikvah. It's outreach, trying to convince. That if you have couples come back to Yiddishkeit, you know how many problems you have? He's interested, she's not. She's, he's, she's interested, he's not. The problems. Want to convince, want to cajole. How many times did I tell you, uh, Uri Zohar, one of the great miracles there is, she returned with him, Belevu Nefesh. It's not, not a simple matter. You're dealing with human beings, and every human being is a world unto himself. Where he comes from, the influences, the emotion, the understanding. This is quite a shayla. And you're in Harbor Island in Tampa. Oh, and I hope someone in Harbor Island is listening and can fill me in. What is the shul club? How does Chabad get involved? How does a rabbi from Hallandale? Hallandale is on the other side, totally on the other side. Uh, all right, I imagine to go from Hallandale to Tampa, it's an hour trip, I would say. More than an hour, you say. Okay. How did the rabbi, what happened? But this is a very, very delicate shayla. So, first of all, any modela Kaddish Baruch Hu. When I have a cold, I, I suffer like all human beings, and uh, I worried how will I be able to give shia today, and Baruch Hashem, I feel better, and we succeeded. I hope you will agree, the covered of the ferret. It's a delicate issue. Where do you draw the line? Mohuma, Tzniyot, and keep the mitzvah going. If you don't talk about it, no one knows there's a mitzvah of Tarot Meshpachah, there's a mitzvah of Mikvah. We have to talk. I'll tell you, in my own life, I uh, shifted gears, meaning... Originally, I would give lectures on Tarat Meshpacha to women. I, I've met grandmothers who tell me they kept Tarat Meshpacha because of my lectures in Mekong Gold 50, 40 years ago. Today, I don't know if I'd give lectures to women because there's one big difference. You have women capable of giving the lectures just as good or even better than Aaron Rakefet. You follow me, Natan? It's a different world today. So I don't know if I would give lectures. I have to have sneers. On the other hand, if you don't talk about it, and you must stress a young couple, they think they're conquering the world, owning the world, do whatever they want, limited strength. People who keep Tarat Mishpacha have a marriage that is 100 times better. And there's simple reasons why. It's no secret. It's not for now, but anyone who takes a course in sexology or becomes a sexologist understands the greatness of Tarat Mishpacha. And Baruch Hashem, 
I've seen it. But this is a delicate question. So, to review, when it came to Wycliffe, Ohio, Rabbi Menashe Klein, not in favor of going to mikveh in groups, go by day, the eighth day, privately, quietly. Fine. This Shaila from Pampa, all right, imagine a shul, a mikveh, all in one. Who knows how many observant people there are? The rabbi trying to influence Chabad, reaching out? Maybe that rabbi who said it's important people should see <coughs> who goes to mikveh, it's recovered over to ferret. We'll go further next week. We have Tomorrow is time to test it. There's no class. Are there any questions from the erudite gentleman sitting in front of me? Uh, Vic, can you hand me the sperm? Uh, I just want to tell the world. Uh, the two volumes of... Uh, have been reprinted. They did a very beautiful job. Uh, there's no difference between these volumes and the original printing. The only thing different is the dedication and the preface to the new edition. And as Yoma says, the cover, cover is different. Volume 2 has some of my scholarship in Hebrew. Now, in these two volumes, you have some of, I would say, my most important scholarship that has been published. You have the Cleves Get, Dinner the Malchutta Dinner, uh, the attempt to merge the yeshiva and the seminary, the Ridbaz in America, this is all postdoctoral research. The Dinner the Malchutta Dinner came up when it was Menachem Mavo. I told uh, my classmate, uh, Reb Chaim Soloveitchik, about my relationship with Atara and uh, Reb Yitzchak Tversky. And uh, it's very funny. Uh, Rogozin was a businessman in America who did very well at one point. And he reached the conclusion that rabbis don't have good enough ethics so he pledged a million dollars to YU to have a postgraduate program, postdoctoral program, Ethics in Judaism. And it was headed up by uh, Professor Tversky, and ten scholars were chosen to work under him and the Rev and Dr. Belkin as well. I was one of the ten, Rabbi Lichtenstein and others, and I was assigned the topic dinner, the Malchut dinner. David, I knew I was going in Aliyah. This is 1968. So I worked fast, hard, and put it together. And before I leave, I submit my paper on Dinul Malchutta. Then we have a meeting with the Rav and Dr. Belkin, and they make some comments, and I revise. And I was promised $1,000. So I go to Yitz, Rabbi Yitzchak, Dr. Tversky, Professor Tversky, Tom the Rebbe Tversky, I could use every penny. I'm going in Aliyah. 
that I'm buying an apartment. It's a poor kid at the time. And Yitzchak says, I'll do what I can, and I get a check for $750. A year goes by, and I meet Yitzchak in my shoe. Lahul Rifke was here for a conference at Hebrew U. And I say to Yitzchak, don't you owe me $250? And he says, sit down. You're the only one who got a penny. Check it out. The end of 69, the market went mchula, and Ragozin had tremendous setbacks. Wasn't 32, or 31, 20. or 30, or 29, but still, the market went mchula. He never gave the million dollars to Yeshiva University. I'm the only one who got something from the Ethical Rogozin Institute. So I told Yitzhak, Natan, it was a schut of going an aliyah. And we both had a good laugh. And so many years later now, 53, 52 years later, I say, Belev Shalem, I meichel the $250. Of all that I've published in the Machut of Dinner has been republished quite a few times, sometimes with permission, sometimes without permission. But Baruch Hashem, I've gotten my money's worth out of it. You also have in these two volumes my work on the Biskochan Inspector, on Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, on the Sri Day Eish, on the Yitzhak Isaac Halevi Herzog. If anyone wants the volumes, Yoma will be happy to give them to you. Until we meet again in health and happiness, das vidanya. Uh, to those people across the world who want the volumes, uh, it will reach America very shortly, I hope within two weeks. And uh, just contact rakefit-books at gmail.com. Rakefit with two Fs books at gmail.com. Yomo, yeah, open it to the world. Can I just say something? Yeah, sure. Uh, I remember years ago when I was in YU, uh, I found a volume in the Gniza, oh. Gniza box. Of, it's a madrich to college students. If I remember correctly, it was written by Eric Yoffe. And I was leafing through it and it came to the... He was uh, reformed rabbi. I came to the section on Taharis Mishpacha and he says... Even though the mikvah might seem something well antiquated, uh, antiquated, are, uh, are, uh, the, we're familiar that uh, the Orthodox couples who are who do follow the halachas of Tzarif Mishpacha, they find a lot of satisfaction in their Baruch Hashem. That uh, and we, we highly recommend. Uh, therefore, we highly recommend it. And there was just a big scandal with a conservative rabbi in Cleveland who was just sentenced to jail for his sexual escapades. Let me tell you, I'm willing to bet if you did your research, you will find that couples that observed Hafmishpacha, the sexual escapades are 90% less than the rest of the population. Open it up to the world. Let's see if there are any questions from these wonderful people, some of them who stayed up all night. Mark, you're yawning. You better get to sleep soon. Okay. Recording stopped. Okay. Are there any questions from my dear students on the screen? Anybody? 
No, one second. No questions. Okay, have an easy fast, a wonderful Purim, and when you're celebrating Purim, we'll be in a holding operation because Shushan is one day later. Until we meet again in health and happiness. Yeah. Rabbi, as far as the Rav in Hallandale being involved, are you sure that they're talking about Harbor Island in Tampa and not Bay Harbor Islands, which is adjacent to Bell Harbor in Surfside, which is only about five miles? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Here it says the Shoe Club of Harbor Islands. Rabbi Mrs. Issa David Silverman, Chabad of South Bowood, etc. The Shoe Club of Harbor Islands, it seems to be describing the Harbor Islands in Tampa. Well, Harbor, the one in Tampa is singular, Harbor Island. Harbor, Harbor Island Islands is, is nestled in a corner of Hollywood Lakes, right on the Intracoastal Highway, waterway. So you mean it's a different shoe? It may know. very well be the one. It may be the one that's right next to Bell Harbor, which is on the intercoastal. Well, he says Harbor Island, Florida. The fact that it's Harbor doesn't mean anything. It could have been Harbor Islands, uh, Harbor Island, right, but Florida. It, is, it says plural, and the one in Southeast Florida is plural. The one in Tampa is singular. Okay, I, I, I hope someone can straighten it out because I don't think Shaila is coming from a neighborhood where I get the feeling it is outreach. You'll see next week why I feel that way. Well, it may be outreach there also. Yeah, you understand. Fact, I think that maybe where the Kushners bought. They bought somewhere around there. Okay. Um, either either way, the Shaila is the same. So, uh, but I look, yeah. yeah. The Rev who is in Oakland, is that the Rev Miller who's a plumber by trade who tried to prove that tap water was not my him? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. He, uh, he had big businesses in furniture and plumbing supplies, and he did very well. And Dr. Revel always had dreams that he would give the yeshiva heavy money. Uh, he gave <laughs> something. He never gave heavy but he gave a fortune for his three books. One was the Sh- on Shabbat, The Secret of Happiness. One was on Tarat Mishpacha, The Secret of a Jew, or vice versa. And the book on Mikvah had a, a, a thick pamphlet that went with it on how to build a personal Mikvah in your house. He yeah, somewhere I think I had it. I, my grandfather had a copy of two of them. Right, right, right. It was Don't all over. When, when I was them. growing up, every Rav had those books. And I had them as well. I still have them until today. And uh, <coughs> it, it, very fascinating books because he says, that I'm a good Jew because I learned in Slabatka I was exposed to the Muslim movement. So you have a... <laughs> living proof that Musa did good. And that's I, I heard I heard that he was a contractor. I think he had uh from uh, Yitzhakal Khan. And um it I said once on the YU library the the 
the small book uh, of how how to how to make it. Now I remember Rev. Melik Schechter, um, who taught Nita Smika students, uh, Nathan Gross. Uh, he lamented that at that time it wasn't accepted more, and that in that time it, it uh, yeah with, had with, a, like a major effect. Right, but but you have to remember that if you would have followed David Miller and the private mikvah, you would never have a public mikvah. And there is something to be said for a public mikvah and public upkeep and a, a good sanitary standard. And today in Yerushalayim and elsewhere, the mikvah that any woman who's incapacitated in a wheelchair, she can go to mikvah. I've seen what they do is fabulous with pulleys and everything. So we've come a long way. I don't think we would have come that way if a mikvah was built in private homes and uh, some good, some not, etc. Uh, the Schreiber Foundation did wonders for mikvah all over the world. I'm proud to say that I knew some of the Schreiber brothers and I know their descendants. I taught the, many of their descendants. These people have a great, great scot. In the state of Israel, the state gives it probably amounts to millions of dollars a year for the upkeep and building in Mikvat. And Hashem, the more good Jews that come to Israel to live here, the better uh, the situation will be, the more that will go for Torah and Mikvat, and all that goes with it. After all, we are a democracy, and in a democracy, your ballot is your bullet. And that's the greatness of Israel. And anyone who finds fault with Israel is a fool or a kefir always says to them, uh, we have these problems because you're not here. If you would be here with all your friends, we'd have that many more votes, Baruch Hashem. And Hamei Vin Yavin. Jack, did you want to say something? I see you. Okay. So In the book, I believe he had plans that you could build a for $50, which was probably worth a lot more in those days and a temporary one for five dollars. To build one for fifty-five, I don't know, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I have the volumes, but it's beyond me. I'm, uh, you, I, you would have to show them to uh, someone who's a great expert in mikvah. Is it possible, can you build? Uh, yeah, I don't uh, uh, was fixing it to the floor, so it was Mechubo and Karpa, it was Nikeli and things like that. But you said there was something in the book extra plans? I don't remember that. I just remember the book itself. You know who's a great expert on mikvot? Hillel Goldberg, Rabbi Dr. Hillel Goldberg. In Denver, I know, he Colorado. wrote a safer on it. Right. He I wrote, saw him at the Saic once. I, I saw him in Denver when I was there the last time in and, Shul. And I spoke he, with him briefly. And he built the mikvah in a reform synagogue. Check out that story. I don't know what, I don't know what I the whole story... The one, I think that was the one that was in Santa Fe. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, he's a very inspiring individual, uh, and he has but, a son, Kayan Hara, living here, who's well integrated already in my Talmud. I, uh, I, think, I think the Santa Fe one was in someone's home, if I remember, but that community fell apart because the rabbi, there was another Rabbi Goldberg, I think, there, who moved to, uh, uh, he moved to, what's the community on, uh, where Bay Cities is, uh, Santa Monica and uh, Santa, Ma- 
Santa Monica is next to Los Angeles, right? Right, but right next to Santa Monica, along the shore, is Venice. The name of it. You're talking about Venice. Venice, exactly. Yeah, Uh, the shul over there. The uh, I had a Talmud who was offered the rabbin it there, and I encouraged him to take it, but he couldn't take it. He told me it's right next to the beach. He'll go to Shul Shabbos with his but children. But they had another, they had and, another, the Shul, they only used that to sometimes, you go, for Friday night in Shabbos, and Mincha was out near Ozone, where most of the right. people lived. But he was worried people would be walking by half-naked away to the beach. All right, we have they to... They probably were. Everyone is, <laughs> everyone is signaling the leaders. The, the rebel went up that was not in the Shul, he was in... Uh, What's the name of the school? Something or Eliyahu, I believe. Yeah, well, Baruch Hashem, we're alive and kicking, and one the one that Barbara Streisand's name was on it at one point. Barbara Streisand. Okay, I wouldn't exactly <coughs> give, give an award for Yiddishkeit, but the uh, Kavelitov. Uh, all right, have an easy fast, the wonderful Purim, and it's of Nish Zain Fashtert. And anyone living here knows what I mean. Okay, and until we meet again in health and happiness, Das Vidanya next Sunday, Bishop.